Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to Strange Familiars. I'm your host, Timothy, and I'm sitting next to my co-host, Allison. How are you tonight, Allison? I'm well. I'm back from Cryptid Bash in West Virginia. Had a great time. Very, very flattering when people come from far away just to see you. So I want to thank Madagascar? The Himalayas. So now it seems less (laughs) impressive. I've minimized it. Yeah. But yes, there were people from the Himalayas there to see me, just to see me. I want to thank everybody who came out and talked to us, told us their stories, showed us their Bigfoot evidence. It's a fun day. And you got to meet Tina from The Perfect Puppy. I did. Tina took us out for a wonderful dinner, fantastic dinner, and more than that, fantastic company. That was the night before Crypto Bash. The day of, we got to meet and hang out with Tyler from Hellier. Great guy. We got along really well. You might be hearing more from him on Strange Familiars. On tonight's episode, we're going to be talking with Jim, who comes all the way from Ireland to tell us his stories, which I have to say are pretty great. Yeah, I heard I heard part of this when you were recording it, and it's I was like, my ears perked up right away. <laughs> Yeah, it's a combination of, like, traditional Irish folklore, and then it kind of weaves into his own experiences, which... That's when it really gets good. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. So he tells some stories from older people that told him when he was younger, and then he kind of weaves it all into his own experiences that kind of continue to this day. Super interesting. Before we get to Jim, just want to mention quickly... If you like what we do at Strange Familiars and you want to help us continue and get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. That's a great way to help the show. You can get extra content too. We're doing two patron shows a month now. You get over 70 right away when you sign up and we're doing more every month. Those are exclusive full-length Strange Familiars episodes just for our patrons. Again, you can check it out, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you want to help out but you don't like subscription services like Patreon, you can make a one-time donation via PayPal. Go to the show notes at strangefamiliars.com under any episode. Look for the paypal.me link. You can click that and make a one-time donation. Of course, that helps a lot as well. 
Alright. It's a long interview with Jim. Let's go ahead and get to it. Tonight we're talking with Jim, all the way from Ireland, who has a number of stories that start in his childhood and continue. How are you doing tonight? I'm all good, man. So, I guess you want to start chronologically and tell us when this started. I know you said it started when you were pretty young, so tell us about it and I'll ask questions as you go. Awesome. So, my own first encounter, like, as far back as I can remember, started when I was 10, but... The more that I, after listening to you guys talk, I realized that there was like stuff that happened way before that, and it's the whole reason why everything that happened followed. Like, if you get me, oh yeah. So, so I'm gonna go back there. I come from a small village in Ireland, and just outside the village, there's an, a, a small area. It's about three kilometers away from the village. There was a friend of mine from school who used to live there, and I remember going out there when I was about six or seven and his mother this is the woman who started the whole thing for me really she would ask me if I believed in fairies I believed in leprechauns she went in to tell me some of her own stories so uh, if you like I can tell you a couple of those oh absolutely was your answer yes at the time I mean I know you were young but I was young like back then like there were programs about leprechauns and fairies and it was kind of just like accepted as normal, really, because like it, it was a small village, man, and mm-hmm. maybe about two thousand people or something, and uh, yeah, a lot of people believed in it. Like her first story was, like she came from an even smaller place, and she was old at this stage. She had uh, my friend when she was really when she was quite old, and her first story was she was coming back from the shop, and uh, she saw a leprechaun. Straight out, she just told me she just she saw this leprechaun. Her husband was there, to, involved in the stories as well, and she said um, he kept calling her down towards this bridge just outside her village. She followed him down to the bridge. Eventually, she, she saw something shining in the river, and she went in, picked it up, and it was a gold coin. Oh, wow. Seriously, yeah. She went into her bedroom, and she brought out an old matchbox, and she had a, a coin I can't remember what it looks like or anything now. It was so long ago. I'm 36 now. And she had a coin wrapped up in some cloth and she had rosary beads and stuff in this chunky matchbox. Wow. Her, so she, she kept the coin. That's amazing. She kept the coin, yeah. Her husband then, she'd ask him, she'd ask Bill. Now he's passed away now a long time, but um, she, she'd get him to tell me stories then. One was about his grandfather. So this is like... Jesus, I'd say he was he was easily in his 50s at this point himself. So his grandfather, I'm not sure, like we're talking early 1900s. Um, he used to do runs from, I think it was an old shop or something from, from the village. And he'd go out to the countryside and bring whatever out to some people. And he was going by a house and uh, just this intense, clear this intense Celtic music, Kaylee music that was fiddles and violins and the whole lot were it was just intense like and he stopped outside the wall and he was about to go into the house for whatever reason anyway he just continued on down to the next house where he was delivering the stuff and um he brought it down to i think there was an old man and woman down there and he was asking them like what's happening in the house up there and 
the wife brought, the, the woman brought him in just sat him down gave him a glass of milk and stuff and asked him what did you hear and he said he told him i heard all this beautiful music there's this fiddles and stuff playing and they got really nervous told him to get on his bike and just keep pedaling get home never mind the rest of your deliveries and just go home and uh yeah that's that that stuck with him for a long time oh wow so how old again were you when they were telling you these stories um six or seven wow and they just i mean that, that's amazing. they would have stuck with me too but it's just mm-hmm. you know it's amazing that they stuck with you like that that's so amazing yeah but they, they get creepier they get a lot closer to home so that area where they live it's about three kilometers from my village it's a road there i don't really want to give away too much of the name but i'll just call it, i'll just call it the stump because it'll be easy to find like so it's called the stump there's a lot of houses along it just dispersed like a lot of smaller laneways that lead off to old farms and stuff there's a farm along there i think they were called the warrens fred warren i think was your man's name i'm not actually talking about the warrens from the conjuring or something right right right. genuinely there's a the farmer there called fred warren his lane was called warren's lane and they told me that years ago there's one of their sons was out picking blackberries and he disappeared he was gone for two weeks and he came back and his hand was a child's hand oh wow that terrified me yeah that is weird Mm -hmm. and myself and my friend we start going down that lane like we were looking for the road you they built a newer house and a newer farmhouse and you'd have to sneak past that and get the, down to the old older farmhouse and we found it was dilapidated at that point yeah i'm not sure whatever happened to you man i can't remember i've been trying to remember so hard but i think he passed away young like the guy but they said he passed away and he had a child's hand that's fascinating mm-hmm I'll tell you one more thing that they told me about that lane before I go into my own story. Yeah. And then I'll be coming back to that area because everything, as far as I can see now, is connected to that area. And it's whenever I go back there or have anything to do with people from there, just stuff, crazy stuff happens to me every time. Their house is at the bottom of the lane on a main road on the stump like. Then when you travel up, there's a couple of houses midway there's like a little cul-de-sac and uh there's about three or four families who kind of live in this cul-de-sac there and they've got x amount of houses and then one of the families there are called bulgers further up the road then up up the stump there's relations of mine and i didn't know them well at that time at all and uh, right beside their house is the foundations of an old house and a tree, everyone calls it the fairy tree. They're all fully convinced that it's a fairy tree. Apparently, the Bulgers, the Bulger family there, when they all Mrs. Bulger there, she would always claim that when her father first moved to the stump, he built that old stone house up by the fairy tree. And they were just constantly tortured by the fairies, always scratching at the windows, always scratching at the doors, running around the roofs or the roof always trying to get in and it, it drove the family insane that they just left and moved further down away from the tree and built a house down there and this is the same lane as that warren property or just no. the same just the same area 
the same, yeah, like the Warren's farm that or Warren, Fred Warren's lane comes off the, the stump road. Okay. See, the stump road is it's really small. It's narrow. It's about a kilometer long, or two. No, it's about two kilometers long. I'd say. And I uh, just have all these houses going along it and smaller laneways coming off it. It's creepy. It's a horrible place. Just one other thing as well, which is weird, there's even stories, aside from having stories of fairies and all, there's stories of a massive dog that used to roam around out there. They call it Padfoot. Black dog? Or do they give any details yeah. about it? Yeah. yeah, a big black dog called mm-hmm. Padfoot. A lot of the people living up around there would always claim that they'd see the dog running through their backyard or out in the front. And it's just weird. No one ever claimed to own it. They don't know where it came from, but someone gave it the name Padfoot. After I was told all of those stories, myself and my friend, like we were so, like we wanted to find fairies or we wanted to constantly go out looking for them. Right. And we'd go out, Jesus man, like we'd just go out into the fields from, I could call out to his house if it was a Saturday, get dropped out really early and we would just be gone all day, come back at dinner time. It was kind of like a little wooded area there and loads of really deep, heavy, thorny bushes and stuff. This is like crazily, this is true. We went down into the bottom of the field and in order to get into the into the next part, you have to climb up on the ditch and there was a hole in the ditch and we climbed through it. And we went in there and we were just walking over. A friend, uh, he knew that there was a gateway leading out to another field there. Could not find a gate. And the more we looked, we were just walking around in a circle. And it was like there was a bush in the middle of this this circle. And no way could we get out. It seemed like we were in there for about 20 minutes. Couldn't find a gap. We kind of started panicking at that point because we were really young. Like we were probably only about eight now at this point. Like eventually the, the gap reappeared. And it was about half five in the evening when we got home. And it was probably about half 11 in the day when we entered it like wow now did it seem like that much time passed or do you well, have do you have maybe missing time in there well, seemed like we were in there for about 20 minutes wow if even that like it just seemed like we were seemed like about 20 minutes maybe seemed like we were looking for it way longer than we should have been but it didn't seem like six hours six or seven hours had passed by right so uh this is when the really weird stuff happens. And 10, like it was just the last summer of primary school. Myself and all my friends, we, we start camping out. Like we were allowed kind of camping each other's backyards and stuff. We weren't troublemakers or anything, but we got this idea of camping out. And when everybody in the village was asleep and all the pubs were closed and we'd sneak out of the tents and kind of go up around it the village to see what was happening mm-hmm. and one of the guys in the group as well he his family owned the shop so like we were all smoking cigarettes and we were on only about 10 or 11 so one night we were sleeping down in my friend dave's house it's a weird shape say um just imagine an, an l and we're kind of in the center of the l we're all at, at his backyard and we're looking down towards a field and over to the left-hand side, we could hear this. I swear to God now, man. Like, even thinking about it now is actually making me scared because I don't really think about it. I haven't. I've only thought about this stuff 
when I've been trying to like prepare for the show. But over to the left, we could hear the sound of a woman wailing. It didn't sound scary. It did, she didn't sound like she. It was. It wasn't a traumatic sound. Just this very faint sound of a woman making a noise. It was so weird. Over to the left, like she was going up along that road. Now, obviously, if it was someone, you think they'd just come across the field and they'd be right there. But she instead went up the road to the point and then start coming down where it was like behind us now. So she's at the bottom of the L. She's coming across and we could hear her coming down along the road, getting closer to his the front of his house. And then it stopped and we could hear someone walking down the side of his house gate opening and there was a dog in a shed beside uh, beside the tent Lassie was her name she just started going mental like she was barking like crazy and uh, she just stopped and we could hear someone like, there was somebody standing outside the tent and I'll never forget it like myself was four other lads and we were just like kind of all holding on to each other running like 10 or something I don't know how this happened, but like, like we could see someone was going around the tent. Like there was a hand down on the tent at one point, and somehow I just put my face down into the pillow, or I think I had a pillow, and I just fell asleep. Mm. No idea how. I think all the lads like they just fell asleep as well. And <laughs> the, the next morning we were just we couldn't believe what was after happening. Like the dog was fine, but. I don't know. That was the first time I heard her. That's terrifying. Yeah. But the going to sleep right afterward, I, you know, again, it's just we've heard it, I don't know how many times on the show, where some, yeah. something happens like that and someone just falls asleep. I, yeah. Like, I remember, like, just the sound of the person or whatever it was just running around the tent. Like, a hand came down on the tent. Now, maybe that's, maybe I'm, Imagining that or incorporating something from a movie, but like I remember the flat, like we had a, a light in the tent, and just I remember a hand coming down where the door was, or like the doorway. And uh, yeah, I fell asleep. The next time, I can't remember how long after it was, but uh, Dave and the other guy who owns the shop, David is his name. That's not their real names, but they yeah. do actually, they do actually have the same name. I'll just call them Dave and David. And uh, the two of them had snuck out of their houses. And uh, they, they had upgraded at this point. They weren't just kind of sneaking out of tents. They were sneaking out of their houses and stuff, smoking cigarettes and just wandering around the town or the village. So they came and they were like throwing stones at my window, wanting me to kind of go out and sneak out with them. And I went out like a fool. Uh <laughs> probably about half two in the morning or something. And I was saying, like, one of my uncles, he, he lived close at the time. We were saying, like, there's somebody over in your uncle's van. And I was like, what? And I was saying, there's someone sitting in your uncle's van. And uh, they started saying, like, oh, we could hear the sound of a woman down at the bottom of, I won't give away the, the estate we were living in, but so we could hear there was a woman down there calling us. And uh, by name, I don't know if it was by name, but she was. She was. They knew that she was calling them anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was kind of funny the two of them 
so we went up into the village and in the center of the village is the church and we just went up along there and we were smoking cigarettes and why we were out I don't know but again this thing did the very same the same move whereas we could hear this this noise that she was making it was still really gentle it was very womanly like just an, like making this an air I don't know how to really describe it it was like if you just hold a note on a keyboard of some sample sound of like a warm voice or something mm-hmm. just this long drawn out never ending there was no breaths so she was coming up the village but rather than actually come all the way up where we could see her she veered off to the left again we could hear this sound kind of working its way up now through whatever area to the left through fields into a housing estate that was there coming up through the estate we could hear her making the sound and again now she was behind us and we were standing there up on the church green and we were just staring up towards the entranceway of that estate and she was right there and like David the guy who owned his family owned the shop he was a good few years older than us he was a good few years older than me and he just he screamed and he just said run and we ran down um, off the church green ran down through the village to where his shop was and at the side of the shop there was an entrance where this is where he snuck out and uh, he had to open up an old metal door jump up onto like this large wheelie bin there was a wall beside that and then climb into the bedroom his bedroom and uh I'll never forget it, like his brother was in there playing, I don't know, I think he had a Sega Saturn or something. <laughs> and uh, we, we all just jumped in the window and his brother John was like shouting at us and said, like, what the F are you doing? Like, what are you doing? And we heard the door, that metal door from leading to the street, like just slammed open. And we could hear someone going mental down there and the sound of the bin was shaking and we were just like, crying up in the bedroom like what the hell is going on wow who is this like still at this point I was thinking like it was someone like there was some woman was out there and she was just trying to get at us like and like we we were sitting down at the window and just staring out onto the street and uh, it all looks so different than it does now but across the street there was literally just kind of like a concrete field with one petrol pump on it and uh, one little cabin that this old woman used to sit in. We were just standing there and just staring out the window waiting for her to come because we knew like we'd, life would kind of be coming back in at that point. And uh, as soon as we saw her, like we just ran home and I told him, I was like, I'm never sneaking out again. Like I'm, I don't want anything. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not doing this anymore. Like I heard her one more time then that summer and was myself and another guy. Uh, he's about three years younger than me. Really nice guy. Really, really harmless and a lot more innocent than Dave and David. And uh, we were up in the room and he was staying at my house that night. And I'll never forget it. We were playing. Tekken 2 had just come out. So whatever, whatever date that was or whatever year that was, it was like 1995 or something probably because um, I, I was just getting ready to go into secondary school so 
I think it was about five in the morning. We're still up and it was just after getting break. And this time, this thing was outside my bedroom window. And the sound that she made was so disgusting. Like it was terrifying. Like it wasn't this gentle wailing. It wasn't a, a nice womanly tone. And uh, I don't want to offend anybody by saying what it sounds like. If you picture like somebody with severe, severe, severe physical and mental disability mm-hmm. just making strange noises, like it was just this relentless, like I embarrassed myself doing it, but it was just, and like, like it was just, I don't know, it was horrible. And um, I remember looking at him and he was just as pale as a ghost. Mm. He was so scared. And he was saying, who is out there? And we were too afraid to look out the window, obviously. But again, we just somehow fell asleep. That sounds so stupid, man. But like this thing was doing this outside the bedroom window. And I, the TV was still on and I just fell asleep. Mm. Uh, was it a first floor bedroom? Second. Second floor. After that, everybody kind of parted ways for a while. I don't know, for a couple of years or something. And we were kind of all going to different schools. And eventually I moved schools and moved to a school where all of the the guys were. A lot of them had went to the same one. And um, we all started hanging out again. And there was a couple of other new guys hanging out there as well. These girls had taught the guys how to use a Ouija board. And uh, I don't think it was a Ouija board. I don't think it worked. I just think that whatever was around that area that had kind of connected itself to me was using that as a way of talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. I, I it took me a long time to realize that I didn't know that at the time. Like, because there was a time it told me it was my cousin who had passed away, and like did tell like he was telling me kind of personal things how I knew it I don't know maybe it was my own self going through puberty I don't know but eventually I started getting kind of aggressive the guys like they were always trying to do it and stuff started happening inside my house then a lot of kind of uh, poltergeist activity I suppose you want to call it mm-hmm. a bunch of us were staying over at my house um, my parents had gone out my father was a musician so they were going to a gig I was there minding um, my younger sisters and we were all were in the living room playing PlayStation or something like that and a toy or an action figure flew across. It was, a, it was an old one. It was an old action figure, but I'll never forget it. It was just, it was always lying around. I don't know, it was there for years. It's kind of kicked around the hall and then um, you push a button on its stomach and its eyes would light up and it'd make a sound and all. And uh just flew across the sitting room, smashed an old aerial off the wall. We all jumped up and were looking behind the TV and it was this it was the action figure, like the guy who was in the bedroom or staying over in my house the night and we heard it outside the window. He was there now one night staying over again and he said all he could hear all night was the sound of someone running up and down the stairs. Someone coming to the door and like he didn't sleep a wink. I didn't I, I didn't hear any of it but it was playing with him that night anyway. After that then, I think the next memories that I have when I was 14, one of the guys who 
would have been playing, trying to play as a, a Ouija board. He had just crazy stuff happen in his house. His sister's boyfriend at the time, he had moved in there and he had his guitars and he had amps and stuff up in the bedroom. And we came in after school one day. He was just sitting down, really nice guy, like definitely not into weird stuff, not into ghosts or anything like that. But he was sitting down on the couch in the sitting room and he was just like, what is going on in this house? And uh, we were like, what? He said, someone just keeps throwing my guitar on the ground upstairs. Keep strumming the guitar. He's like, every time I'm, I go upstairs, the kitchen taps come on and just all this weird stuff. Then down in my own house, this is when it got really intense. Myself and that particular friend, we were, we were down in my house and uh, again, babysitting. I always I got landed with that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> That'll so teach you to be the older sibling. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> We were down in the kitchen and I could hear somebody walking around upstairs and in the room upstairs, but I knew that room was empty. I just I figured one of my sisters must have went out and wanted to get into my parents' room or something. And uh, I walked upstairs and I looked into the room. It was dark, obviously nobody in there. So I closed the door, went in to my sister's room, checked on them. They were fine. And I was just about to walk into the bathroom then and the loudest bang like that I've ever heard smashed off my parents' door. And uh, like my friend was at the bottom of the stairs and he jumped a mile and I ran down the stairs and uh, I could hear we were like we were in the kitchen and I felt bad. I feel bad now, like leaving my sisters up there, but I could hear the sound of the handle open, I could hear the door open. And we were just we were terrified like and eventually my parents came back. We didn't hear anybody coming up or down the stairs or anything. We just heard the bedroom door open. When my parents came back, I told them, and they didn't believe me. Like, they would just constantly write everything off. Mm-hmm. But I'd later find out that my mom was terrified of, not terrified, but pretty scared of the stairs. She would hate sitting in the sitting room because it would always seem like someone was watching her from the stairs. And apparently one of my other sisters as well would have very, very spooky kind of situations there too. I've got 180 days. (laughs) Can I have a perfect puppy in that time? You could have two perfect puppies in that amount of time. Please don't make me do any more math. <laughs> I was promised there would be no math. <laughs> if 90 is 45, 90 plus 45 would be 135. I have 135 days. Mm-hmm. Could I have a perfect puppy in that time? You can have one perfect puppy and you could be well on your way to having a second perfect puppy. Why? How long does it take to get a perfect puppy? Roughly 89.75 days, but we've rounded up for the purposes of this commercial. (laughs) You round up to 90 days? Yeah. You've heard us talk about it before. 90 days to the perfect puppy can help you with your puppy. They have a relationship-based approach. They help you and your puppy become perfect for each other. It's not about making the puppy become perfect. It's about developing a relationship so the two of you can become perfect for each other. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. 
90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you if you're having problems with your puppy mouthing and biting, with potty training, with fear and nervousness, barking, if your puppy's chewing on furniture or shoes or other things they shouldn't be chewing on, if you need help with crate training, if your puppy has hyperactivity issues, if you need help with leash training, and much more. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can teach you what to do and also what not to do. Again, you can find him at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. After that, like I was saying, my father was playing uh, music. He was in a band. He had just started a new band with a cousin of his. He gave me a bass and told me I had to learn it and, and join the band with him. <laughs> it's pretty much a, fa- a family thing. Everybody in the family plays. The cousin was actually from the stump, that lane mm-hmm. of um, the previous stories. And his house was beside the fairy tree. We got really close, the three of us. And uh, I remember we were coming back from practice one night. And I just, I asked him about some of the stories from the stump lane. And uh, were they true, like? And it was thinking back about, when I, when I was thinking about this, this is what really led me to send you the message that time. Because two of the stories of what, ha- what he was able to tell me that, that happened to sisters of his, if it happened in America, one of them would absolutely be called be put into like a big foot case mm-hmm. and the other one I, I don't know they just used a different term but he said it was one night his sister and, and her partner they were coming up along the stump in all curve and uh, just in the middle of the road they saw a fireball that's the only way that they could describe it, it was a fireball floating around and it went into the field and then appeared again and kind of came towards the car which just it just sounded like an orb or a will of the wisp or something. They just described it different because I think this happened in like the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. After that, then at that time, his father had the house, and at the back of the house, I think three or four of the kids like they all it was a nice plot of land at the back of it, and they all had mobiles before they could go on and buy their own houses or build or whatever. Right, right. And one of the girls. Uh, she was pregnant at the time. All the guys, well, most of the guys, they'd be off playing music, and some of the other guys would go off hunting and stuff, or lamping, they'd call it, and they'd be gone all night. But uh, she kept saying that like someone was banging on the windows, that was someone always running on the roof of the mobile. Hmm. I know, and this is the funny part, and I actually asked my father about this very recently. Uh, he doesn't believe in anything like... But uh, the story, that, as the story goes with this, that uh, she saw someone anyway at one point, saw this huge man uh, knocking on the window, and he just ran off. She didn't see any features. She just saw this huge guy. Wow. My grandfather, my cousin's father, another brother of theirs, and a few of the nephews, apparently they all waited around the mobiles and the way at the ditch and like it, this was a very well told story like they all had this story you know I haven't talked to my grand got to see my grandfather in a while but I'm I'm going to ask him about it properly just see if he remembers they were all waiting around got dark and uh, 
Rita, that was the cousin of mine, she opened the door and she said, did you see him? Like he's knocking on the on the window. And they were all kind of hiding in, in, in the darkness. And then they said they just saw this huge guy, a giant guy. And this the only way they could describe it was it looked like he was wearing a big coat. Huh. Went running past them, jumped over the ditch and ran through the field. And a bunch of them ran after him in the field. And like he took two steps into the field and he was gone. Wow. They said like he, he just disappeared. Like he was that fast. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like any number of Bigfoot accounts from over here. I know, it's crazy, like... Yeah. And, like, I remember hearing about that, like, it was all of my cousins, like, all of those guys, like, their sons and nephews and all, it was, like, everybody, like, they were all talking about it. Apparently, it was, like, widespread, like, this big fella was out knocking on the mobile windows, and, like, they all chased him through a field, and he just jumped over a massive ditch. It was just... When I was thinking back of all these things, like a fireball, a, a big man, you know, if that was in America, it would be lights in the forest and Bigfoot. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. About how long between them seeing that fireball and the, the incident with the big man? That was all around the same time. It was all the like mid to late 80s. Super interesting. That is super interesting. And again, this detail of things walking on on roofs. I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I don't know how well trailers are constructed over there, but uh, I used to do telephone work, and I had to be on top of them, and mm-hmm. I would dent the roof, you know, yeah, exactly. when I was up there. Exactly, they're so thin, like yeah. Uh, I've got my own story with involving a roof that will be coming up in a while. Awesome. So yeah. Like that cousin of mine, he he told me all the stuff like that. Told me about the fairy tree. He told me like people tried to cut down, cut off branches and stuff years and years and years ago. And there was a whole myth about it bleeding and stuff. Like that was kind of stories like that were seeped into the people that lived in that area for so long. Apparently, down at the back of all the fields is the king of the fairies fort. Um, yeah, like just they've got intense belief in it there. It's not even belief, like that's just what it is. Like, I think being around him and I had to go and practice out there again. Uh, this is just the kind of conclusions that I've been drawing is that as soon as I start going back out to the stump, more and more kind of poltergeist activity start happening at home and more weirder stuff start happening. We were at a gig one night. This is kind of the next memory that I have. Yeah, it was a late night and uh, everyone, a bit of an argument kind of came out of nowhere and I just said I was going to walk home. And I was still pretty young, like I was 16 still. Like I thought I knew where I was going. I was supposed to take the, a right turn. I was, it was in the middle of nowhere. Like uh, I was supposed to take a right turn and this would eventually bring me to a main road that would eventually lead me into a small kind of drive through village not far from my own. And uh, in the darkness, I completely missed the turn. And as I was walking up the road, I was on the phone to a friend of mine just to kind of keep me company. Uh, a really old Siemens or something, some crap old phone anyway at the time. And mm-hmm. um, I'll never forget it. Like I was walking along the road and way off in the distance I could see street lights and I just assumed that it was 
the drive through village. To the right of that, I could see like what looked like car lights moving along the bottom stretch there at the bottom of the field. I just thought I assumed it was cars like driving up and down and driving into the into that village. And um, when I got up there, like I had no idea where I was. It was a completely different place. Like I had walked off into some other completely different area, completely different village. All that area to the right was just a line of trees hmm. and at the back and at the back of that was an old garage so i like ended up just walking up through there and eventually my dad who was out and the probably shouldn't have been driving at the time but uh, he found me um i have no idea what those lights were again i'll have more stories about lights as well they seem to be the main thing that's that's following me around now back to my house the, the poltergeist activity it started getting really intense when I was about 17. That's when it really kind of kicked up. It started off with really intense cold pressure on my legs and my chest. Uh, it's kind of weird. Like I, I have all the memories from when I was around 14 or that. And then it was just, just kind of a blank spot. I'm sure freaky stuff was happening. I can't really remember it. But in my house, there was all this pressure on my legs, pressure on my chest, uh, there was one night I was getting a bat and I could feel like someone was kind of doing things in places and it started happening then and when I was in the bedroom, I started feeling like someone was lying in the bed down by my, the bottom of my legs. I could feel like an arm around my legs, at the back of my legs, and eventually I could feel it at the front of my legs. One night then, this it's unbelievable like even saying all this stuff out loud i can't believe i'm telling these stories to be honest because they just sound funky it felt like there was a, i could feel like it's hard to describe like i couldn't feel a full body i couldn't feel like a full person but i could feel like arms around my, my legs it started kind of pushing up along the front of my body to the point where on against my elbow i felt like a, like the stubble on the top of someone's head oh wow I uh, I could feel it there, like, and I'll just go back and say as well, just before that, like the TVs. Anytime I brought a TV into the room, the TV would stop working, lamps wouldn't work. See, I couldn't really go to sleep with the with the main bedroom light on. I try to sleep with candles and stuff. They'd hiss, and it spit out like, yeah, it was it was crazy. But uh, that was that night when I felt like there was a hit. It felt like there was someone there pushing against my elbow. If you never looked, I don't blame you. But w were you able to look and see if you know, try to see if anything was there? I was trying at the top of the bedroom door. There's like a there was a glass panel, and uh, I don't know if you if you know what the kind of doors I'm talking about. But over all the doors upstairs, there was like a panel of glass above each door. Mm -hmm. Like I'd have to leave the hallway on because it was just. It was, so weird in the bedroom like there was just constantly stuff happening and i tried like but i didn't try it felt like the top of the head was about to breach the blanket was there and my elbow was pushing like i had, was holding onto my wrist with my right hand and i was pushing down with my left trying to stop whatever it was from from coming up and i just i jumped up out of bed i grabbed the duvet and i was just swinging it around freaking out my mom came in and she's like what is going on I just I was just freaking out. She eventually 
she, I think she told one of my aunties. My auntie had been having kind of problems of her own down at her own house. And uh, she had a friend who was able to like communicate with the spirit world or whatever. Not really sure how much I believe that, but she brought me down to her anyway. And uh, she wanted told her that, um, or told me that there was like so much negative energy just attached to me and that I was constantly kind of drawing it in. She was able to describe my bedroom, like just how cold it was. And, and it was, it was just, it was always cold and the rest of the house would be so warm. Like, and she said she, she did this kind of cleansing thing. She said that she could cleanse it now and she, or she could cleanse my house, but would not be able to cleanse me fully. And she said like, whatever this was, it, it, it's going to come back. And it can come back whenever it wants. Like she said that, I don't know. It was just, it was just crazy time. Such a crazy time. Did things get any better after that? They did actually. Kind of after that night, uh, this is another reason why I think a lot of my uh, everything that happened was attached to me being out with the stump because. After we had that argument at the gig, stuff escalated in the house. Things were kind of going a bit sour in the band. I left the band and wanted to go on and kind of do my own stuff. And uh, everything kind of de-escalated. did actually quite known for a long time. Except there was one more thing. That friend of mine who lived out there, whose uh, parents told me all the stories. Mm-hmm. He was heading off. He was having a going away party. And uh, he was about two years older than me. He was moving to a different country, and he's actually still out there. He was having a going away party, and I hadn't really seen him in a, in a long time, but uh, he asked me to go out, went out there, and at about, I don't know, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning, I left the party. I know this sounds weird, like, that I'm that young going out like this, but that's just the way it was there. Like, people just, it's just a, a, a weird, different place, like. But I was walking home and came up to my house, and again, this is the last time that I heard your thing, that woman, whatever it was, as I was walking to my, up to the front door, I just got, like, I just felt like I was vibrating, like, what fear and terror came over me. I'll never forget it, like, it was just this intense fear. And then I just heard her make that sound, and it was just in my neighbor's yard, it was literally right beside it. Like the two houses were almost right on top of each other. And uh, just at the back of a fence, the wall there, it just sounded like she was just sitting behind the fence or something. And she was just making that sound. And I ran to the door, kind of trying to jam the key into the door, open it as fast as I could, but just it felt like it was forever. After that, then I, I had quit the band and things just calmed down. But uh, that was probably the scariest thing that's happened. Like I will, like I'll never forget that because coming back from the party, everything was fine, kind of a good mood, and I thought, like, yeah, I go. I had my own ideas for starting a band, and soon as I walked into the driveway, I just got like the sense of fear that came over me, and then I just heard her make that sound. Was it the sound you heard outside your window, or the sound when she was kind of walking? No, exactly, like the one outside the window. Oh, yeah. It was so intense, man. Jesus, it was so intense. 
after that, like things, only a, f- a few things happened. One of them, I was, it was a good few years later, but myself and that cousin eventually got together again for another band. And I was in a pretty good place. So I was kind of happy to go along with it. And uh, I had my own apartment. It was a tiny one bedroom apartment, but there was like an, an outer hall and on, there was two doors on the left and one door on the end. My bedroom, bathroom on the left, and then leading into the living room area was a door with a glass panel in the middle of it. And I remember getting up to go to work. Uh, it was pretty early, only person in there. And then I walked into the hall and that door leading into the sitting into the living room area was closed. And I could just see fingerprints on it, like the tips of fingers. I just saw what the hell <laughs> I went over went uh, as I was walking into the kitchen or into that living room area is a living slash kitchen area and I went to wipe off the fingerprints I just assumed that I had put them on or something mm-hmm. I, then I realized that they were actually on the inside looking out towards the hallway towards the bedroom and it was like not as thick as candle wax but it was like scraping candle wax off the glass wow yeah yeah and it was just the tips it wasn't a hand it was like five fingertips i'll never forget that and i was just like not this again and i'd get afraid like there was another time i went into a friend's house and kind of staying over and we were just having a laugh and playing some music and stuff and uh i was on a sleeping bag and again just felt that pressure on my legs moving up along to my chest it just felt like someone was lying in the bed with me or lying in the sleeping bag with me I had sleep paralysis I forgot to mention that I was going to get around to asking you that I had that quite a bit probably between the age of 14 and 16 like I had that a lot the last time I had it was around this time um, I suppose I was about 22 and uh, it was the only time I think I saw something every time like it just, I'd wake up and at the start, I didn't realize what, what was going on. Mm-hmm. It's just, I was just remember my eyes were kind of open and I couldn't move and I was just filled with dread and it was like pushing and pushing and pushing until eventually I kind of broke free. And uh, with this, the, the last time that I can actually remember it, it seemed like in the corner of my eye, I'd say I'm lying on my right side and in the corner of my left eye, down at the that end of the bed, I thought I could see like a black really really jet black figure sitting on the bed and when i saw that i kind of broke free from the whatever i was stuck in but i was able that they were actually quite scary now i was going to get around to asking about sleep paralysis so it's not surprised at all that that's in the mix mm-hmm. yeah it's an awful thing like oh i hated it i absolutely hated it i talked to people so oh, i can kind of relax through it even my son says sometimes, oh, that's no big deal. I just kind of, you know, relax and let it happen. And I'm, I never could. I always just found it horrifying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
workbook guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP SmartSide at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP SmartSide today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. After that, actually, I'll just rewind a little bit because... And a big part of all kind of all the weird stuff now are lights, weird lights. Back when I was living with my parents, and this was kind of coming to the end of all the kind of weird poltergeisty activity and stuff. I had seen the lights in that field. It was one night my little sister came into my room. She asked me to come in and have a look in her out her bedroom window, and I don't know how far away it was. It was still in like the small kind of estate that we lived in, and it was just a big yellow light kind of bits of green in or something i don't know it's hard to say it was kind of it looked like it was kind of blurry just like a blurry ball of light and i was just it was out there for ages there was one like myself and my mother just pulled into the drive in the car and she actually is the one who looked up and she said what the hell is that and it was just a big ball of light no shape it didn't look mechanical like it was just a ball of kind of orange light going over along the house and it just started going up and up and up and up and up eventually just got so high that we couldn't see it anymore there was another night with a friend of mine he was there we were standing out at the back door smoking cigarettes of course and down at the edge of the estate like you could see houses the the houses behind my place at the edge of the estate there there's a field and uh, again a big ball of light and it would look blurry again. It looked, I don't know, like there was no shape to it. It was just kind of hard to say. It wasn't massive, but like it was definitely obviously big enough for us to see it. And it just dropped straight down into the field. And myself and him, like we ran down through the estate and down to the edge of the field. We didn't go in. Was it bigger than a uh, than a soccer ball, say? Yeah, it was. It definitely was. It, it was kind of like the same as the one that my sister, you know, when she called me into her room to look at it. It was, it was a good size. Like, I'm not really sure what the story is with the lights, but I see them a lot now. I've seen them quite a few times in the last uh, couple of months. I'll just tell the last couple of stories and I'll get into that then. Sure. So after... um. You know, playing in the band with your man, with that cousin of mine, you know, had a good spell. I ended up moving away and getting a different job and moving to a new place, a new town. I didn't have any contact with him for a few years. And the next time I would have seen any of them was 2014. Again, this was a massive part of connecting the dots, connecting me to that area. I was living in this old cottage 
it was a really cool, really, really cool little place. It was on the outskirts of a town. But it was creepy, like, it was creepy as hell. The guy who owned it, he built these weird little extensions on here and there. And where the original back door was, that was leading into, like, an open extension with loads of windows. But he didn't put a door on that. He just left it an open kind of, an open wall. Mm-hmm. One night, I could just hear, like, it sounded like someone was opening the kitchen presses. I could hear drawers opening. It would always sound, it starts sounding like someone was flicking the switch on the kettle. Eventually, I just I had kind of had enough of it. And I went down to the bedroom and the it's like he, the guy is really eccentric. Like he wanted to, the doors were really old, probably the original doors, but like some of the doors didn't have handles on them. So it was just like the, the hole where the handle should be attached to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so like when you close the door, you're lit kind of only like closing it over. You're not actually shutting it. There's no latch on it. Right, right. I was in the bed, uh, had a lamp on. I, I can't. I still. I can't sleep in the dark unless if I'm with my missus. Fine, but like I can't actually sleep in the dark anymore. So I had a lamp on. Had a TV on. Kind of the volume down. Again, I, I could hear someone walking down the hall, right towards the bedroom door. I jumped up out of the bed and I, I was sitting up. And I remember. I'll never forget it. Like I, I was just waiting for the door to open. And then the footsteps walked away. And again, they start coming up towards the door. I had a couple of kittens, new kind of kittens at the time. And uh, I start hearing it scratching on the ceiling. And it's a bungalow. It was like an old bungalow cottage. Could hear scratching all over the ceiling. And uh, I just kept telling myself, it's, it's the cats. Like the cats are up on the roof. They're just like, not chasing a bird or something, chasing something. I didn't believe that, but I had to try and convince myself. Right. Uh, I called my sister and her boyfriend, uh, who they kind of lived pretty close. I told them, like, please, like, you have to come over. A lot of weird stuff going on. I just, I kind of shit myself over here. Like, uh, eventually they came over and it quietened down a lot. I'll get back to that after I tell this next thing. So, in 2018, then. I, again, from 2014 to 2018, absolutely nothing happened, nothing that I can remember. In 2018, the last kind of thing that happened that didn't involve lights was a dream. I know that sounds like a stupid thing to add in. but um, Not at all. Not at all. I, 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 like, I dream a lot. I have crazy dreams all the time, but this was definitely different. Had a nice place, and I was after moving away from the cottage. The end of the dream, I just remember I was going down like this kind of old cobbled kind of road, and then I was I was going into like a dark kind of basement area, and that feeling of dread came over me. And as I was walking down towards the back where the wall is, there was crates and stuff, and barrels, and then this. I, I could see it was the silhouette of oh, this figure kind of stood up. It was a silhouette. And next thing you know, it was like a camera just kind of zoomed in. And then all I could see was the head, the neck, and kind of the top of the shoulders of this. It was a, clearly a woman. 
really scraggly hair and she was just breathing and panting really heavy i couldn't make out any facial features and it was just like relentless like <sighs> and it ended up waking me up to, and then i was facing the edge of the bed and it, it just again felt like someone was there i absolutely shat myself like and uh that was the last time kind of anything ghostly or physical kind of stuff happened but um i when i was putting all of this together i remembered in 2014 i not i wasn't sure if it was 2014 i was trying to find out why did that thing happen in in that old cottage like nothing had happened before that or after and my uncle the cousin from the stump lane, uh, my uncle from the stump from the stump had passed away and I was out at the house and I hadn't been out there for years and I was out there at the stump uh, for his wake and the place was packed and I was out there for the day and I was with my cousins and that night then I guess all that intense stuff happened. Whatever saw me out in the stump and do that I saw it like it just I don't know I, I'm guessing it followed me home and then the same in 2018 I hadn't seen that cousin for that length of time and uh, I sold him an instrument that night he came into my house and uh, I sold him an instrument and again around that time then I had that crazy kind of hag dream whatever you want to call it so it's like everything that kind of happens is it's attached to that area yeah, it seems like it. Have you been there since? No, I've. I like I'm living on the opposite side of the country now, and whenever I go home to visit my parents, like I, I always have to drive past the top of the road. I've thought about it, like my missus. I've told her some of this stuff. I don't want her to think that I'm absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like most people are going to hear this and think BS, but um, no, you're on strange familiars. This is our currency. Yeah. but uh, she said like you should go up uh, next time you're back like just go up and just see what happens and I, I've said to her like I don't want the chance it coming here like just the thoughts of it coming into my my own house and but I will uh, I'm sure at some point I'm gonna go back because I need to test this now just to, just to really see but man like the area that I'm in now is off the charts weird like when I moved over here, I was working in an absolute dump and I was kind of training as a supervisor in a place and um, I had to leave my house at 3.30 in the morning and it was a good 50 minutes to get to the place where I was working at the time. It was a lovely night, a big full moon and uh, like driving through a kind of mountain area and valleys and it's it's absolutely lovely, like this part of the world this part of Ireland is absolutely gorgeous I hadn't thought about ghost stuff I hadn't listened to anything in quite a while I hadn't been thinking about anything and I just felt lost and I remember asking out loud like you know if you're there just show me like I was don't know who I was asking to I was just asking out like just show me something like show me this is going to be all right and there was a full moon and a bright light came out of nowhere beside the moon and I, I caught it in the corner of my eye and it just started trailing across the sky and first I was, I was like nah, it must be a star 
I, I just I missed it like I could see then I was like totally following my car hmm. I, got, I got out and I was looking at it and it did the usual thing that I've noticed that they do quite a lot move at a couple of funny angles and then it will just start going up and it just like ascends to a point where it can't be seen anymore I got in the car went to work came home and I told my missus I was like you're not going to believe like what just happened uh, it's not a patch on older stuff that had happened to me but it kind of been a long time since I'd experienced anything and since then seeing them I started a different job and again I have to drive through this re- there's a couple of really nice kind of there's a mountain pass there's two mountain passes actually and uh, lovely clearings and a really beautiful area one morning I was driving to work again really early and it was really dark and this time there was a light and it was red it was really really red and again I couldn't see any shape or I couldn't make out anything mechanical I couldn't see any craft or anything like that like I'm not saying it was a UFO in the alien sense but just this bright red light moving in the weirdest directions and eventually ascending to the point where I couldn't see it Another time I was coming home, um, a nice, it was twilight, and just off to my left-hand side, massive light just appears out of nowhere. It's kind of trails across the sky, trails across towards my house and goes up. This is everything up to date now. Um, about four weeks ago, where I live now, it's, it's a really lovely place and it's a bungalow and just sometimes I climb out the bedroom, just open the bedroom window, the nice big windows and just climb out and just go outside and look at the stars and then um, my missus was in on the bed she was reading and I just again I could just see a massive light and it was such a starry night as well and I told her like come out here and look at this I need you to see this like and uh, she was watching it and it was just zooming across the sky like it was so fast and it was moving at weird angles ended up trailing over our house and going completely out of sight and she was like, what the hell was that? I tried to film it, but, uh, you know, filming at night, it just doesn't look like anything's moving. All you can see is just this white circle. Yeah, yeah, that's been my experience. Whenever I try to take pictures of the lights we see, mm-hmm. it's like a white dot or just a white, you know, and yeah. to our to eyes, mm-hmm. not on the camera, to our eyes, they look red or, or green or blue or something. And we yep. take pictures, and they're just white dots, in, you know, in the woods. It's crazy. Like we saw that and that night as well. We saw like they were just coming in and out. Like they were they're just trailing along the front of us, trail along the back. There was one point, kind of the weirdest point. And if we went inside at this uh, after we saw this, we were just staring straight up, and out of nowhere, up there, just we could see a light coming down towards us. And it just kept getting bigger and bigger. Like I say, bigger and bigger. It was so far away. Like it wasn't big to the point where it was. It was close to us. We could just see it coming into view, mm-hmm. and then it just went straight back up. And we were like, "Oh, come on in." Then the most interesting part. I want to go out and have a look, and like I want to go down to the corner of the property, but again, I don't want to attract any more attention. I don't want anything following me home or coming inside because whatever is around kind of like this is a really really weird area and it's got a lot of folklore around here like so much folklore but 
do you remember I sent you a message a couple of weeks back and I told you that things were getting a bit weird? Yes. My missus's brother and the family came up to visit and uh, he has two really young kids and they're kind of, they want to start camping. So they had a plan to go camping after they were going to stay in our house for three nights and then move on and camp further up along the country. And uh, they set the tent up down at the corner of the property there and um the next morning, like this guy is super intelligent, not into weird things, very skeptical, very kind of, he's just one of those guys, like, you know, I just, if you tell him something, there's no point in telling him something because, like, he'll have a good answer. To, right, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. The woman came into my room and she was like, you'll never guess what, what the lads heard last night. And I was like, what? And she was like, come down here and let him tell you. So then his young fella was like, oh, we could hear all weird noises last night. And um, then your man was saying, and he was like, I don't know what or who was around the house or around the tent, but like someone was messing with us all night. Wow. He said it was making these weird noises. He said, I, I don't know what they were, but like there's no animals around here that can make those noises. It's like they were clearly not an animal. He said it did it four times. They would do it in sequences of four. Then his young fellow was saying that they could hear the, what he could hear growling. And then to top it off, I was like, oh, whoa, that's just if it was America again. And someone said that on Sasquatch Chronicles, they were like, yeah, yeah. Because then to, just to check off the final list, your man was saying like he, he was sitting in the tent, he was full sure someone was going to come in and he could hear him moving around. Then he started hearing birds chirping. It was still dark. It's still really late. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And uh, he could hear birds chirping. He said, it sounded like birds, but it didn't sound like birds. And he said, one minute they're over here. The next minute it's over there. Then it flies over. Then it's over here. And it's over this side. He said, like, I was looking around. I'm like, what the hell is going on? That happened the next night that, like, the camp... They, they only stayed out there two nights and they ended up coming in the third night. But uh, the same thing was happening the second night. So I, I'm not sure what that was. I'm not sure who it was. But I was actually talking to him Saturday. Uh, I hadn't talked to him since. And uh, he was still rattling his brains about it. He was like, I don't know what it was. He was like, it sounded like people were going around the tent and like they were calling, they were making weird noises and yelling to each other from one side of the tent to the other. Huh. Um, I don't know. Wow. It's weird, though, like, really weird. Yeah. So do you think, since you've moved, that it's still centered on you, or do you think this is just now, like, part of the new area you're in? That's the tricky part. That's right. what I'm not That's what I'm not sure, because... Towards like the end of all the stuff happening back at my home place, it ended with lots of lights. And now that I'm here, again, it's lots of lights. It's like the further I'm away from the stump, like I don't have any kind of weird ghostly stuff happening around the house or banging or things moving. But I, I'm seeing lights again. Right. So it's like the further away I am, it's like the lights are the last bit of 
connection, but I'm not sure. Like, like I said, this place is super weird. The area where they were camping was that the area you said you you were thinking about going to, but you just said no, nah, I'm not I'm not going there because I don't want to bring it back. Yeah, exactly. And right across from my just at the front of my house, there's like a, a thin road. Like we live on a, we live in the back arsenal where it's out in the valley. And uh, just at the opposite side of that, there's a forest. Down at the end of that, there's like a little waterfall with a little uh, river. And there are, I'm guessing they're man-made dams, all, all piles of sticks. But the first time we went over there, so this was probably back in November, I'd say, last November, or November gone out, um, myself and the missus, we went, we just decided to just head over and see what, what was over there. And uh, I'll send you pictures. There's just automatically to me, like, a, I just found it weird that there was piles of sticks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Twig, lots of piles of, like, weird twigs. And, like, not just on the ground, like, they're in stupid places where nature is not going to be able to pile bundles of sticks. Like, they're woven into one another. There's just weird twigs woven in everywhere. I actually took a bunch of pictures on my phone at the time, and I thought, oh, that, that's weird. And I had planned on maybe sending them to you, but at the same time, I thought, maybe somebody is actually doing it. Maybe there's a reason someone's doing it, but I, I don't know. I'd absolutely love to see them. I'm super fascinated by that stuff when I find it. I'd be interested to see how they're woven together and compare it to things I've seen. Deadly. Yeah, I'll do that, man. I'll send them to you. Jim, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Are you going to go back to that stump area? I think so. Yeah. I think I, I have to, like, just to see if anything follows me back or if I hear that woman again, I'll know for sure, like, that area is really, really uh, something special. Yeah. Uh, if and when I visit Ireland... Mm-hmm. Will you take me there? Oh, man. If you ever come over here, there's a room in my house for you. All right. All right. I will stay in touch. Yeah, I do. Absolutely, man. And, like, if any weirds, first, I just I hope you're doing okay with the MS. That's that sounds pretty tough. Um, But, uh, yeah, if you ever come over, I'll show you around, and I'll definitely keep in touch if anything. Like, kind of more weird stuff happens around here. Yeah. I mean, I... I hate to make predictions, but I, I have a feeling there's going to be more. So please keep us informed. Definitely. No problem, Tim. Jim, thank you for sharing your stories. Uh, thanks so much for having me, man. It really is a pleasure. More ephemera from our vast archive. This is the second printing of this booklet. I believe it was originally printed in 1915, I think. And this is the second printing from 1938. So during the Depression, this could be a valuable resource. This is the United States Geological Survey Manual on a History of Water Witching. It's called The Divining Rod, A History of Water Witching. So this kind of goes into the history of the divining rod, especially its use for finding water but it talks about other uses as well. Pretty interesting that the United States government would publish a book, A History of Water Witching. Yeah, the geological survey, it it lends a certain air of credibility, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, a lot of it's devoted to kind of debunking it. 
but it's still a really interesting book and it's got a whole bibliography in the back of sources. I think there was a third printing of this in the 1950s. Department of the Interior. Practical life skill. (laughs) (laughs) My father could do water witching. He found our well on the farm. After the well drillers came out and drilled a couple dry holes, he was able to uh, tell them where to drill, and he was right. So while they uh, attempt to debunk it in here, I've kind of seen it work. John Darby saw me find water when I was attempting to find the werewolf's body. (laughs) You're supposed to be able to use it to find bodies, too. Mm -hmm. And uh, and my dousing rods. There's an episode, I forget what it's titled. It was a patron episode. There's a legend in Pennsylvania about a man that was perhaps a werewolf and who was shot in his werewolf form, and they found him, and they buried him, and the place is called the Wolfman's Grave. It's called Wolfman's Grab. <laughs> yeah, in, there you go. In uh, the local, I mean, that's the actual name of the place. Yeah. I met someone. He's an older fellow. I think he's in his 70s. And he was shown in the 1970s the spot by someone at the time who was in his 80s. So not too many people know where the Wolfman's Grave is. He showed me where it was, a field, so somewhere mm-hmm. in this field. And I thought, well, I'm going to... Find his Find body. it with divining rods. I want to mm-hmm. find where the wolf man's buried. I went and the divining rods kept crossing in this one area. And I was all excited. Like, I found it. I found it. And I look over and John's laughing. And he said, there's a drainage tile underneath that. It was a wet day and, and there was water running through the drainage tile. He's like, you're crossing on water every single time. That's where the rods are crossing. So, didn't find a body, but pretty convincing that they work for finding water, at least. How's that work at the beach, Tim? <laughs> I don't know. I've never taken them to the beach. Do they just point towards the ocean? or? I don't know. Technically, it's just when you walk over water. So. Oh. I don't know. I guess I should yeah, read that pamphlet the, before we... Exactly. So. If you have approximately, <laughs> I don't know how many hours until this goes live. These curiosities of the week have been selling pretty quickly. In any case, The Divining Rod, A History of Water Witching... With a bibliography by author J. Ellis from 1938. If you go to the show notes under this episode, you'll see an image of the cover of this book, booklet. If you click on it, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can purchase it. Can't purchase any of the other curiosities of the week because they've all sold. Having a good run here with these. While you are at our Etsy shop, make sure to check out our other stuff. We have All of my books there, if you get them from Etsy, they come signed automatically. You don't even have to ask. Doesn't hurt our feelings if you ask, but (laughs) you don't have to ask. They just come signed automatically. I've got some artwork up there. I did a painting today on a slate tile, slate roofing tile, I got from the Flint Mill ruins along Toad Road. When I go by there, at great risk to my personal (laughs) health, I Indiana Jones myself into the ruins there and grab one of these slate roofing tiles. There is a whip involved. (laughs) I bring it out with me. A jaunty hat. (laughs) And and I bring it out with me and I do kind of paintings on them. They're kind of, um, you know, people sell haunted objects and stuff. I don't, I don't claim these are haunted objects, but they are genuine relics from a, you know, highly active paranormal region, paranormal area, call them paranormal relics. But I do paintings on them There's a limited number of these slate tiles, so I don't know how many more of these paintings 
I have a few in reserve, a few blank slates, and I can go get more, again, at great personal risk <laughs> to, to my own well-being. And uh, so keep an eye out for those. But the one I put up today sold immediately. It's always a good thing to keep an eye on our Etsy shop. I usually talk about the new stuff I put up on Discord first. That's for our patrons. So if you're on Discord, you get the first nod that things are coming. And then I'll put it up in the Strange Familiars Gathering group on Facebook. But keep an eye on our Etsy shop. Always putting new stuff up there. We've got the old photos of the week that we were doing before. Still plenty of those left. Curiosity of the Week, Strange Familiars t-shirts, books, artwork, and more. Our shop name is Lost Grave. That's one word. But if you type in Strange Familiars, our stuff should come up. As well as Karmic Garden's Strange Familiar scent. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check them out. They have perfumes and soaps and all manner of awesome stuff. Karmic Garden, one word. And of course, check out Chad's shop as well, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors. Once again, I want to thank everybody who came out to see us at Cryptid Bash. There were no cryptids bashed at all. No cryptids were heard in the making of the bash. No. The next event I think I'm doing is in September. I'm going to be giving a talk about Bigfoot in Pennsylvania at the Sunbury Public Library. Talk a little bit about the Albatwitch as well. And then I may or may not be at Harrisburg Comic-Con that day and the following Sunday. So I think that's September 18th. And then Albatwitch Day is the second Saturday in October. So those are the other events if you want to plan and come see us. COVID-dependent. Everything is COVID-dependent. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. You can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. If you're on Facebook, you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. Strange Familiars is on Instagram. You can find us with the little at sign, Strange Familiars. And... We're on the web, <laughs> strangefamiliars.com.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.